what do you do when something falls into your lap that you just weren't expecting? I mean, at all expecting. I still remember a friend calling me my freshman year of college. I was at the University of Louisiana at the time, and being a musician, I'd get calls from time to time to play gigs. Being a bass player was even more rare in a world full of guitar players, but anyway, my friend calls and asks if I would be available to help with music for this high school retreat that he was putting on. I had nothing better to do, so I said yes. Little did I know that he made the same call to a young lady studying at LSU about 45 minutes down the road, and like me, she didn't have any weekend plans either. Well, as of two months ago, that young lady and I celebrated 17 years of marriage, something that going into that weekend, neither she nor I was expecting, but that changed the course of history, bringing together two families and creating a new one. So the reason I asked the initial question is because we at Catholic Charities of Acadiana asked ourselves the same thing a few years back when we were posed with the idea of going into business. Yes, business, like brick and mortar business, like making sales business. But wait, we're a charitable organization that provides services for those who are experiencing hunger, homelessness, and poverty. So does a socially minded faith-based service organization like us belong in the business space? Let's talk about that. I'm Ben Broussard with Catholic Charities of Acadiana and you're listening to The Need to Serve. The Need to Serve is a production of Catholic Charities of Acadiana. Today, we're going to talk about social enterprise with a friend and colleague of mine, Emily Cortez. Emily is the Director of Retail Operations at Catholic Charities of Acadiana and manages Crossroads Collective, a social enterprise of Catholic Charities of Acadiana. We'll talk about how this thing fell into our lap, what it means to be a social enterprise, and what kind of sense it makes within the life of a 40-year-old service-based organization like ours. Emily Cortez, coming up next on The Need to Serve. We've got Emily Cortez with us today, actually recording today in the gathering room of Crossroads Collective here in Lafayette, Louisiana. Emily, thank you. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I feel like this, I'm on this big radio show. I'm a podcast star. This is, look, we're we're shooting for the stars, our second episode here. Um, And if you hear some background noise for our listeners out there, we are nestled on a busy street here in Lafayette, Louisiana. So you may hear some horns, some motors. This is the natural sounds of Crossroads Collective. This is it. It's like a, you know, beautiful, relaxing tune of Christian music and busy Johnston Street. And busy street. (laughs) Emily, did you grow up here? I did. Born and raised. Um, I actually have never really left. I went to school here at the University of Louisiana at Lafayette. Um, this community is my home. I love it so dearly and I love the, the good things that are happening here. You know, it's, it's just a good spot. Yeah. Of course, we're here at Crossroads Collective. Did you ever expect to be in this space that you're in, whether it's the space in your life or this physical space? Did you expect to be here? The short answer is no. 
So my background is in marketing and development. So I studied marketing when I was in school. Um, my first job out of college was doing development and communications for a Catholic student ministry um, at the university, which was a great opportunity for me. Um, and I always dreamed of working for Catholic Charities of Acadiana. It seemed like it was going to be, or it would be this really cool next step for me. I loved what they were doing in the community. I felt like they really had a heart for um, the sacred gift of human life. They were doing the hard work in the community that you know some people might be afraid to do. And so I always thought, man, that would be really cool. Did I ever really expect that it was going to be in a retail situation for them? Not at all, because I had never worked retail before, ever. I just, I thought it would be so fun to run a store and I, I had just never done it before. And so whenever they um, came to me with this opportunity, it was something new and definitely challenging. And it, you know, checked the box for fulfilling this dream of working for Catholic Charities, you know? So when you were a kid, did you ever play store as a little girl? Okay. Yes. And cause that's where it all came from. I think. Yeah. I actually, you know, I laugh because the only like retail type experience that I had was that I worked in the library at my middle school scanning books instead of PE one year, <laughs> like really, really good experience <laughs> for scanning things. Yes. Um, but when I was in high school, all I wanted to do was I have a craft store. I'm really crafty. I love to do creative things. And I just thought, man, wouldn't that be so fun to have a, have a store that would sell beautiful things. It would just be so so fun to be a a shop girl. It would, you know, but it was one of those things that kind of stayed in the back of my mind, but I never really thought that it was going to, to happen. Um, and I definitely never thought that it was going to happen for a good cause, which really is kind of the, the kicker for me. I'm just so excited to be able to do it for something that is much bigger than, um, just me. So walk our listeners through the history of Crossroads. Like, how did we get to where we are right now? Even in this space that we're recording in today Mm -hmm. on Johnson Street in Lafayette, Louisiana, how did we get here? Yeah, so Crossroads Bookstore, Crossroads Catholic Bookstore has been in existence for over 30 years. It was owned by a board of couples, Catholic couples here in the Lafayette area who had this desire to have a a place where people could get Catholic books and gifts um, before the age of Amazon, really. Um, And so this store has been here for 30 years, uh, providing good Catholic resources to people um, in our community. Now, a couple of years ago, probably three or four years ago, the uh, board showed an interest in perhaps getting out of the retail space. They were getting a little older, ready to retire, and they um, talked to uh, Catholic Charities of Acadiana, Kim Boudreau, our CEO, Sarah Clement, our uh, chief administrator office, administrative officer, about the idea of perhaps giving this store to Catholic Charities. And for a long time, it was a no. Um, and just over a year ago, it was finally the right time. And so Catholic Charities of Acadiana acquired Crossroads Catholic Bookstore. We went through a little bit of a rebranding, so we are now Crossroads Collective. Um, we are still you know, carrying a lot of similar things that the store has carried for the past 30 years, but we've also brought in some new things so that we can really do our best to engage people in some beauty, engage people in the mission that we're here for, um, you know, all in benefit to Catholic Charities of Acadiana. So you said in the beginning it was a no. Mm -hmm. 
I'm sure there was an evaluation in that. There was, I mean, we're, we're an organization that has historically provided services for people who are experiencing homelessness. We have a soup kitchen. What does it look like for an organization like ours to be in this retail space? Uh, kind of lead, talk me through what did that evaluation process look like? Yeah, well, you know, taking on something like this, it was obviously a challenge for the organization because it's not something that we had ever done before. You know, was it really something that was in our lane, so to speak? This idea of a social enterprise, you know, an organization that would make money for a greater mission. Is this something that we can actually do and it would stay within our mission at Catholic Charities of Acadiana? Um, you know, would we be able to make this happen with the money that we had, with the staffing that we had, with the talent that we had on board? You know, just all of the ideas and questions that you bounce around whenever you open up a business on your own kind of magnified because we're opening a business as a nonprofit. You know, the the store actually always existed as a nonprofit. I'm kind of backtracking here, but you know, the, the board who owned it, they would always give the money back to the community, back to the diocese. They'd, you know, grant out money to different Catholic schools and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, taking it on for Catholic charities meant that we were going to have to really bring our A game because uh, it wasn't just affecting me as a director. It was affecting the whole organization, you know? So um, really just kind of bouncing the ideas around of like, is this a good fit? Is this something that we could do and do well so that we could ultimately share our mission with people in the community while also providing beauty for our customers, you know, a place that people, um, that people can be drawn to, that people can be uh, encouraged by the good work that's happening uh, in the community through Catholic Charities of Acadiana there are just so many layers to it. You know, it was, it was just a, it was a discernment process. And so I think, um, it finally came to a point where, you know, the, the board who owned the store was kind of at a, a decision-making point. It was either they needed to, the, the store either needed to go to Catholic charities or they were going to have to figure out, um, a solution that didn't involve them. And so I think at that point, um, it kind of made sense Catholic Charities of Acadiana at the same time acquired many more uh, programs, you know, so it, it was able to kind of fall in line with that uh, merger. And so it, it became, a, you know, something that we just added into what we did. So I was born in 1981, mm -hmm. all right? And it, when I was a kid, the idea of a bookstore, there was bookstores all over my hometown. There was bookstores in the shopping mall, which if we listen to this broadcast in 15 years, that may be a thing of the past, but I didn't have Amazon as mm -hmm. a kid. And so now you have just a complete shift in what that retail landscape looks like. You're coming into this store that's been open since roughly around the time when I was born. I, I'm sure you came in and there were ideas about how we wanted to modernize, how we wanted to change, how we wanted to okay, keep up with, with what the modern landscape looks like, but still keep uh, a, a heart and an identity for 
for our organization. What did you do when you came in? Right. So the store was such a pillar for our community. So I felt like I was kind of stepping into this, uh, this piece of the Lafayette Catholic community puzzle that I didn't really want to mess up. I only wanted to do better so that we could support Catholic charities of Acadiana better. And so with that, um, you know, I wanted to keep the momentum that they had going, um, while also gaining some more momentum. And so there was a lot of room for growth, a lot of room for modernization. Um, you know, Lafayette is so steeped in the faith, steeped in the Catholic faith, and the residents are very philanthropic. They appreciate the charitable works that, that happen in our community. And, you know, so there was this opportunity to kind of jump in and engage um, the Catholic faith and this idea of philanthropy in our everyday life, um, you know, encountering those two things and um, really just jumping off from there. And so in order to do that, we kind of gave the store a little bit of a facelift, lots of paint, um, lots of new furniture. We brought in some new brands um, that are in line with the, you know, faith. We've brought in some fair trade brands because it only makes sense for us since we give our money to charity that we also support brands who support things that are important to them. You know, like this idea that um, our dollars can can do a lot more than we think locally because of what we're doing for Catholic Charities Acadiana, globally because of um, the brands that we have in here that really, you know, my dollar is doing some good work whenever I shop here, which is cool. Um, we brought in some religious antiques, which has been so wonderful and a, a, a way to kind of incorporate some real beauty in the store. Um, Tell me about some of those, because yeah. I've seen some really cool things in here. They There's a story attached to those as well. Yes. Yeah. So we work with some uh, antique vendors. Um, around the United States. Uh, one in particular was really cool. And when we took over the, the store, um, this antique vendor had, she was raised by this, these nuns in a convent in Belgium. The, you know, in her older age, the convent was closing and they were getting, kind of selling all of their assets. So she said, oh, well, as a way to give back, I'll buy the things from the convent and, you know, have them in my antique collection. And so whenever she heard about what we were doing, she said, well, wait, the, these things belong in your store, you know? So we, um, had these things from this Belgium convent. So beautiful. You know, we were able to, uh, bring some antiques, uh, into the store that were for churches and religious, which was really cool. So, um, you know, some altars, you know, one of them ended up in a local church. Um, that was really neat to see like something that was so beautiful that started, um, its life in a church and we were able to return it back to the church. Wow. You know, it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, um, you know, you know, one of the bigger things that we brought in was this idea of this gathering space, which you mentioned earlier, you know, having a space for people to gather for book studies or Bible studies, different religious groups, you know, coming in, um, they can have this place that's kind of a respite in the middle of town. Um, you know, it's like being in your living room, but you don't have to dust. And so this idea that, you know, community can, can gather here, that this can be a space where people feel comfortable, um, to grow in their faith and to grow in community and love for each other, which is cool. Indeed. So you have referenced several times in our conversation today about integrating the mission of Catholic charities of Acadiana 
into this retail space, maintaining a Catholic identity. At the end of the day, this is a store that supports the work of a local organization, one that's been around since 1973. How do you highlight the services of Catholic Charities within the scope of everyday business in a retail store like this? Yeah, Ben, we literally never stop talking about Catholic Charities. It's so fun to be able to share what's happening with our customers. So it's one of those things that we know that we can never say enough and that there is never enough education that we can do for our customers for them to know just how important the money that they are spending here is, you know, and just how important this little slice of the funding pie for Catholic charities is. So we talk about it all the time. It's so funny because people, you know, I'm just always looking for a reason to talk about Catholic charities of Acadiana. Someone will come in and say, Oh, the store looks great. And I'll say, thanks so much. Do you know that we're part of Catholic charities of Acadiana? (laughs) They're like, I wasn't really asking that. Like, well, I'm going to tell you. (laughs) But how often do you have people that come in that number one had no clue that this store supports the work of Catholic Charities or, and had no clue what Catholic Charities did to begin with. All the time, all the time. And it's, we've been at it for over a year now. And so we thought, oh, people are going to get the hang of it. They'll know about what's going on. And every day we're proven wrong. You know, someone comes in and we'll say, did you know that we're owned by Catholic Charities of Acadiana? And you're, the money that you spend here goes to the good work that they do for people experiencing poverty and homelessness and hunger. And they'll look at us and they'll say, Really? And I get to be the one that says, yes, you didn't realize it when you stepped in the foot of, you know, into the doors of this store that you were making a major impact in our brothers and sisters lives. That is so fun. And they're surprised. What a delightful surprise that, you know, you think you're going to just do some shopping. um, And in fact, you're making a big impact. That's really neat. Yeah. So we just never stop talking about it. And it's such a good reminder because it's. You know, when you have something going on like this, like Catholic Charities of Acadiana, you really cannot talk about it enough. It's like sharing the gospel. You can't, you just can't stop. You have to keep talking about it, which is cool. And uh, numbers, data, very important to our organization. It is a surprise to a lot of folks that I visit with that the vast majority of people that we help here in town are people from our community. Absolutely. I mean, this is this is important. It's important work that we're doing. The people are my brothers and sisters from my hometown that I love so dearly. You know, these are the people who, if I would be passing them on the street, I'd smile and say hello. Not because I know them personally, but because we have this common interest of loving the same place, you know? So it's such a a deep responsibility to take care of these people. They are, there are people. And for those listening who have never been to South Louisiana, we would wave at you too. Yeah. Cause that's just what we do. It's just what we do. I, I always say that I'm, I'm developing smile lines around my eyes because of, <laughs> because of my mask, I'm really committed to letting people know I'm smiling underneath it. Right. So like my eyes are constantly closed. I'm like, can you tell I'm smiling <laughs> because of my eyes? <laughs> Indeed. So we've, we've talked in the opening about things falling into your lap that, that we didn't expect. I'm sure that the founders of our organization in 1973 didn't expect 
this to be a, uh, a fruit mm-hmm. and a, and a, and a, just something that the organization is now involved with. Um, other things that we're dealing with at this current time in the world is the worldwide COVID pandemic. Um, that fell right into our lap and we all had to learn how to manage. How do you respond in a retail environment to something like that? Ben, that was the craziest couple of weeks of my life. <laughs> it's one of the harder things that we've done. Um, you know, harder, it, harder than the Christmas season. Yes. Okay. Yes, it was the, the, um, unpredictability of it. The fact that on Friday we were thinking, okay, maybe, maybe we'll be okay to open next week. And on Sunday evening, we had to make the call to close our doors. Um, you know, fueled by this desire to to do everything that we can to make money for Catholic Charities of Acadiana made that decision really uh, heavy, you know? Um, so we wanted to protect our customers. We wanted to keep them safe. We wanted to keep our staff members safe because I just think the world of them. Um, and we wanted to, we didn't want to stop this momentum that we had gained um, over the past couple of months. And so, man, I mean, it was just, it was a, a it was a hard decision, but it was one of those times that, you know, something falls into your lap and all you can do is be creative and just make it happen, you know? And so, um, I ended up being basically a one woman show. I always joke that during those couple of weeks that we were closed, I should have just worn roller skates to like skate <laughs> around the store. <laughs> Cause I was so busy. In fact, you know, some of my friends who, had a lighter schedule because of, um, the stay at home order or whatever, you know, like their, their work lives had kind of quieted down. I was like, y'all I'm exhausted. It's been crazy. But I, um, you know, we were doing, we didn't have an online store at the time whenever we closed. And so we said, well, no time like the present to get our online store just going. And so in a week, we got our online store up and running. Um, in fact, our first online purchase was from a friend of ours uh, who was a Catholic Charities uh, employee who had loved one of our uh, products. We have this Mother Teresa Mother Teresa T-shirt that he had seen Ben wearing. Dan Lester. Dan. Dan. You just got a shout out on the Need to Serve podcast. You did. So, you know, it was fun because we were able to get these things up online very quickly. Um because we had to, there was no other choice. I didn't want the momentum that we were gaining to just stop because of something that was out of our control. We just weren't going to do it. We were going to make it happen. Um, so Dan was our first online purchase. Um, you know, it was just one of those things I would wake up in the morning and say, okay, what do I need to do today? I just need to reach out to people. I need to answer these people's text messages, emails, whatever, because it's important. What we were doing is important. So I was, doing personal shopping via FaceTime, text messages, emails, phone calls, uh, Facebook messaging. I mean, people wanted some hope during that time and they were just like, what can I, what can I do? And so they, it was great. We did doorstep deliveries. I was out in my car, my little Camry driving around town, delivering uh, purchases, which is, it was fun. I love that. Um, we, it was over the Easter season. And so we said, what could we do to make this, you know, to bring some joy to people's lives. So we started what we called bunny bags. We were basically, we were like, what could we do for kids 
you know, for an Easter basket type thing. It's like we gathered everything that we had 20 or more of in the store and we said, how do we make this work? So, so, and it was a huge success. It was so fun. So, I mean, it was just one of those things that fell into our lap and of course we never would have chosen that, but such beauty that came from it. Now our online store is rocking and rolling. I mean, people love shopping online. I'm like, thank you. Thank you for this. Thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity that we were able to figure something out that needed to be there anyway, you know? So from that struggle, Mm -hmm. from that initial struggle of how we we're used to people coming in the doors, how, how are we going to keep moving product and get sales in order to support the organization? So, uh, Dan Lester will forever be the answer to a trivia question. Yes. Who will, who was the first online uh, sale you had uh, curbside pickup, you had delivery in town, um, you've received folks uh, or you've shipped packages mm-hmm. to at the ends of the earth. How far have you shipped them? Um, so we are at 20 States in the United States right now. Um, we are attempting to go to Australia right now, but we're having some issues getting get, <laughs> with our packages getting stopped at customs, in customs. which is a bummer, yeah. but you know, we're big dreamers over here. So we're like Crossroads Collective across the the world. Let's just do it. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. I love that. So let's dive a little deeper into the idea of social enterprise. This may be a phrase that listeners had have never heard, have never really wrap, tried to wrap their minds around the idea of a business that has a specific social objective, um, seeking to maximize profits while maximizing benefits to society and the environment, in our case, supporting a local organization, Catholic Charities of Acadiana, that has several programs, creating unrestricted revenue to to, uh, grow those programs. What does it mean to you to be leading the charge on the first social enterprise? Um, it's not something that I take lightly because I think it's so important. Um, but it's exciting. It's really fun to think about being creative with the revenue sources that are funding these important works that are happening in our community. You know, this is one of those things that doesn't really come up in like the typical textbook answer of how do you fund your nonprofit? You know, people might might look at you funny if you're like, actually, we're gonna have this store. <laughs> um, but it's fun. It's a it's a really creative opportunity to give back to this organization. It's a creative way to be like this um, piece of the pie at Catholic Charities. It it's something that is unexpected and so good at the same time. You know, it's um, it's an opportunity for us to not only give money to the organization but also meet so many people. When people come in, we're able to talk about Catholic Charities of Acadiana and what we do. And, you know, so often because of the sensitivity of what we do at Catholic Charities of Acadiana, there is a high level of confidentiality. And so it's not often that people get to really um, go in to the programs that we have and see firsthand. And so we are a lot of times the, you know, the advocates for these programs. We are the people that can talk about it, you know, so that our customers, our friends of the organization can get an idea of what's actually happening, you know? So, um, it's a major 
marketing piece for Catholic Charities of Acadiana. Um, you know, to have so many reminders around the store of what's going on in the organization, to have our staff members ready to answer questions and point them to um, ways they can volunteer, ways that they can give. You know, it's a, it's, I feel like there there are so many reminders of our core values yeah. in here about um, e- even down to the products and why we choose the products that we do because this organization values the the dignity of work the dignity of the human person in how um, in how they source their goods and uh, and all those things and so it it really helps to reflect the, yeah. Uh, yeah, the heart of the organization. Absolutely. And this idea of solidarity that we talk about so much, um, you know, standing with our brothers and sisters, um, caring for them, you know, and so this idea that we can, um, stand in solidarity with people in our own community. And then also, um, by purchasing certain things, we can stand with people, who aren't our next door neighbors, you know, who are across the country, across the world, you know, this idea that, um, like I can stand in solidarity with the people, um, who need me, um, just by, in my everyday life. Is Crossroads Collective the only stop on this social enterprise train? Where do you go from here? So, no, it's not the only stop on the train. <laughs> so we have a whole office of social enterprise. We have um, someone who kind of leads the the charge. Her name is Andre Gonslin, and she um, is over all of our social enterprise type things here for Catholic Charities. So um, retail-wise, you know, this is where we are now. Hopefully, we'll be able to share this model with other Catholic Charities um, organizations across the United States you know, this idea that perhaps, uh, you know, we can create product that fills a need in your diocese or your community or your church parish. Um, or this idea, maybe, you know, there could be pop-up shops across the United States, or we could help set up online stores, you know, just this, this idea that this Crossroads Collective doesn't just have to be in Lafayette. This could be something that is bigger than us, which is really cool. Um, but also in the office of social enterprise, it's really neat. You know, our team of people are so talented, um, doing things from, you know, CRM consulting for nonprofits, which is super cool. Cause I think databases are awesome. <laughs> um, so CRM consulting, customer relationship management software, um, development consulting, product development, marketing consulting, you know, really just kind of taking the, um, the strengths that we have here on the team and saying, how can we share this with others? How can we help other people, um, you know, do some really good work in their organization, you know? So that kind of falls into the office of social enterprise, just this idea that we can help. We can do things like that. It's okay. So when the history books write about you, what do you want to make sure they get right about Emily Cortez? I'm a talking third person. Like we're really doing it. I love it. Yeah. Go for it. I think that she was really passionate about doing good work. Um, you know, to, to have a, an opportunity to kind of fulfill a dream, this, you know, high school dream of running a store, 
that sold beautiful things without a real mission behind it. You know, for God to kind of hand this over to me and be like, I know that's what you wanted to do, but this is what I want you to do with it instead. So this idea that this work is good and fun and joyful and it is heavy because what we are called to do is heavy. That we are making some big changes in the world and that we are really a force for good and for solidarity and for um, taking care of our people, whether or not we have ever met them before. Um, This idea that uh, living a life and doing good work that impacts others, I think that's what I want to be remembered for. The face and the heart of Crossroads Collective and the one that is smiling behind the mask. Emily Cortez, thank you for being with us. Thanks for having me, Ben. That was Emily Cortez visiting about Crossroads Collective, a new social enterprise of Catholic Charities of Acadiana. We discussed how it all came to be, that gift that fell into our lap, and maybe at first we didn't know what to do with, but one that is helping real people few takeaways from today's conversation with Emily. One, evaluate your opportunities. You never know which one might change the trajectory of your life or that of the organization that you're associated with. And number two, always keep in mind why we're doing what we're doing. Emily talked about this. We are doing this to help real people. You've been listening to The Need to Serve, a production of Catholic Charities of Acadiana. Catholic Charities of Acadiana cares for the sacred gift of all human life, especially the most vulnerable. You can learn more about us and our programs at catholiccharitiesacadiana.org. You got a question for me, shoot me an email, ben at catholiccharitiesacadiana.org. Till next time, I'm your host, Ben Broussard. We'll see you.